Welcome everybody to the Rich Podcast with your host, Mr. Wills. So today is the start of my brand new show, the Premier League Review Show, where I will review all Premier League games from this weekend, where I will also speak on certain topics that the public and myself like to talk about. So this week's topic will be about Harry Kane's backup for the Euros. What striker do I think it's going to be? And you personally might have your own and you might think differently from me. But that's what we're here for, to debate and talk and, and have an opinion. So let's start with the first game of the weekend, which was Everton versus Tottenham. The game finished 2-2. Richarlison scored both for Tottenham. And Everton scored in the last minute with Brathwaite. And then they scored an own goal first. Really old-fashioned game. Fast pace. What you expect when you go to Goodison Park, really. Horrible place to go. Especially when they're at it. You know, high tempo. Balls into the box. Putting the goalkeeper under a lot of pressure. Everton were from set pieces. And what you expect from Sean Dice's team. Could, could, some could say they could have got three points, but I think it's a fair result because obviously Tottenham got a little bit extra quality with Madison, Richarlison, you know, and it's hard to deal with for any team really. So it was a good game to watch. Both teams would be disappointed. I thought um, Van der Ven at the back for Tottenham was superb. I ain't seen a centre-back as quick as him for a long, long time. If your striker going through on goal, he's going to catch you. It's like Carl Walker... At right back, but he's at centre back, he's that quick. Very impressive from him. Good game. Both teams would be disappointed, like I said before, especially Tottenham to concede with the last with the, in the last minute of the game. Especially when you're trying to keep that top four push. Devastating. Gotta start picking up victories and stop conceding the last minute Tottenham. The next game. Newcastle versus Luton. An absolute corker. We've spoke previously on the podcast. Many a time about Luton, about their identity, the way they play. They're a nightmare for teams. I, you just Everyone would have thought, Luton, we're going to beat them. They're high tempo, they're high working, they've brought a little bit of quality in Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley's always been a top player. Sometimes it shows you if you're not in the right environment, if you're not in the right headspace, you can't do the things that you're meant to do. But if you're talking as a technician, receiving the ball on the back foot, strength, pace to get away from players, he's top level. You know, obviously now you've got players like Foden who do it, do it something similar, but, you know, Barkley, he's got that top, that ilk as well, really. He just hasn't fulfilled his potential. But as a technician, he's so high. And what they're doing, Luton, they've got players in the team that, that are absolute handful. You know, quick, some of the quickest players in the league, some of the strongest players in the league, fit, fit, aggressive, know what they're doing. They seem to work for one and each other. They're, they're a handful for any team. Newcastle will be very disappointed. They were 1-0 up in the game to then be losing 4-2 and then get a draw 4-4. Some would say that's a good, but when you're trying to catch the top four or the top five, because if you don't know top five now is Champions League potentially, it's a big, big loss really. It is a draw, but it's going to be cl- it's going to be classed as a loss. So um, fair cr- fair credit to Luton. 
you know, superb watch. You know, a lot of teams, when they come up, they're not so much of a good watch to watch, but Luton are fantastic to watch. High energy, high tempo, perfect Premier League team, really. The next game, Brighton versus Crystal Palace. Brighton won 4-1. Brighton will be kicking themselves, not for this game, but games previous. Because where they sit now on the table, they ain't been winning many games. If they could only have won a few more games, they'd be right in the top five, top four contention. But it's a great victory, fabulous performance. And Palace, we spoke previously about them. You know, they've bought a right back now and a centre mid, but once again, nobody knows them. They've bought a young kid from Blackburn and expecting him to play in the Premier League. Now, I'm not saying he can't do it, but it's big expectation, isn't it? And the right back comes from Belgium and nobody's heard of him. So what's going on there is criminal. Now Elise's out for two months. They're like a two-man team. Where before it was like Zaha used to get them out of trouble. Now really they are a two-man team because everybody else is... What's the, how can you describe them? Workman-like. And you know, to win games, you need a bit of something. So um, yeah, it's, a, it's worrying times for Palace. It, and for Brighton, they look to kick on from this and start picking up a few victories in the league. Because, you know, where they sit right now, top five is still on. It's going to be hard, but they need to put a run of, run of performances and wins together. Next up, Burnley versus Fulham. Game finished 2-2. Fulham will be kicking themselves. 2-0 up. Away at Burnley. Burnley really struggling. To concede in the last minute. Criminal. Burnley. The fans are doing well not to turn on the manager really. Because the manager's very stubborn. But I like that. But then some fans won't like it. But do you have to change when the results ain't going for you? That's the life of a manager I suppose. You know, they, it's, it's their decision, isn't it? And the one thing that company can say is he's done it his way. And I suppose if you look yourself in the mirror and say, I've done it my way, you have no regrets that way, I suppose. But um, very good result in the end for Burnley. Coming back, um, signed the lad up from Chelsea on loan for Fana. He's come in and got both the goals. So that's a positive. If he can come in and get another eight goals, you don't know, do you? But they don't they concede too many goals and they don't score many. So even if he does score like he scored on Saturday, it still might not get on three points because they they concede too many goals. So um it's a big couple of weeks for Burnley because them and Sheffield United now, there's starting to be a bit of a gap between them and everybody else. So they have to start picking up some victories. What they really need to do, they need to really go on like a you know, they play three games and maybe pick up five points, and that'll be like a catch up. But if they were more positive, they'd be looking at six out of three games, you know. But not, yeah, it's starting to become desperate. They need to start picking up points. Next up, Sheffield United versus Aston Villa. Shocker. At home to be losing 4-0 after 44 minutes. Absolutely disgraceful. But they've done this before in the, in the Premier League against Newcastle. So, but still, it doesn't make it any better. They're a defence-based team. And they're conceding that many goals at home. It's it's criminal, really. Absolutely criminal. Poor, criminal. I wouldn't even say a lack of quality because they're all good players. When you play in the Premier League, you're not, you might not be at the level of some other players, but you should be organised. You should be together. You should be willing to fight for the jersey. Scandalous. 
for Villa, they needed that victory. Professional job, really professional, because it's all good saying we're going to go to Sheffield United and win. You might take a 1-0, but to go there, put the, put them in the dirt, really. That only builds confidence for Villa. Big game for them against Man United at home this weekend. And on the way they go. They're in the top four by rights. And, you know, if they keep this up, they could get Champions League football. So, that's all I've got to say on that man. Bournemouth versus Nottingham Forest was 1-1. Fair result. Both teams will take it. I believe neither team will be that first... Maybe Forrest would prefer to take the three points where they are in the league. But um yeah, I think that I think both teams will take it. Away point. Bournemouth it's not stuttering there. Went on that good run, but recently they seem to be stuttering along. Got a few injuries. And yeah, you know, that two you know, they'll take that point, I think. They'll go onwards and upwards. And Forrest, hopefully that'll something for them to build on. Big up to Callum Hudson-Odoi for scoring his goal. Hopefully he can kick on and show the potential that he is. Still very young. You remember when he first started to play Hudson-Odoi, he was only 17 for Chelsea. So when when he's playing now, he isn't no veteran. He's still pretty young. So hopefully now he can settle. That goal will set him up and he can f- fulfil his potential. I'd lo- I love people fulfilling their potential. So go on Hudson-Odoi. Big yourself up. Next game, Manchester United versus West Ham. Big win for Man United, 3-0. Huge victory. West Ham was, were above them in the league. Man United really need to put a run of games together to catch up with everybody else. And beating a team like West Ham can only build confidence. Still bits of the game which ain't great, but the most important thing about Man United now is going forward, there seems to be a bit of an identity. Putting Ganacho to the right wing seemed to have worked a treat, to be honest. He's direct, he can take the ball under pressure and he never gives in Ganacho. There's a lot more to come from him but when you watch him play you get a sense of somebody that he's, he doesn't care. If he loses the ball, he don't care. If he goes past you, he don't care. If he scores, he don't care. He just works, works, works and he, he seems like he loves the game and there's nothing better. And then you think of you, Man United have got him at 19 Hoyland at 21 and Maynard in midfield at 18. It's a good base to go from. All players that potentially could be very, very, very good players in the Premier League. So for them both to be on the score sheet, Hoyland and Ganacho in a 3-0 victory against a tough team. You know, West Ham did play quite well. Great, great credit to them. Onwards and upwards to Man United now. West Ham really missing Pakata, key player. Creative, pure quality, really being missed. Next game, Chelsea versus Wolves. Chelsea won, lost 4-2 to Wolves in this game. I did have them down to win. I just think when you're at home, you expect to win. But the thing about Wolves is they've got a couple potential will-beaters in their team. Well, definitely one in Neto. Neto potentially is one of the best wingers in the world. When you look around the best teams in the world, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Inter Milan, Atletico Madrid, Man City, there ain't many players like Neto. I think the potential of him is so high. He gets the ball and he just goes at players. 
he can go on the inside, he can go on the outside. He reminds me a bit by, like Saka, but the thing with Saka, Saka's not as quick or direct, and he's not as good as a dribbler as, as Neto. What Saka got is he's got that nice little one-two, probably plays in a better team, and that's how he gets his goals. But regards pure quality, I'm telling you, Neto is pure quality. And Cunha up front, he reminds me a lot of um, Firmino. You know, when Firmino used to start playing at Liverpool, he used to drop into that that, te- that little 10 pocket, but he'd link everything up. And he's pure quality because he links things up. But the thing about the Fem- difference between him and Firmino, he's quick. So when he gets the ball in the pocket, he just goes past players. Ghost is, he just it literally goes past players. So you've got two players in the team. When you get them the ball, you know they're going past players. It's some weapon to have. So, but the problem with them two is their end product. And what the manager's done is make, he's working on their end product. And if them boys have got end product, wow. You know, you're talking high-level players. You know, high, high-level players, them two. So, that really, it's not a surprise they've gone there and won, but you do expect more of Chelsea. But they probably, them two probably are better than a Sterling. Than a, yeah, you'd have to say he's, Cole Palmer's different players. He's a cute player, isn't he? But regards to driving at players at pace and devastating effect, yeah, very very tough loss for Chelsea. But Wolves, I'm telling you, and what they do, the way they set up, and that tough team for anyone. The next game, Arsenal versus Liverpool. Arsenal won three one. Good game. If you like high level football where the coaching is at the highest level, you need to watch these sort of games. Some people watch them because of, how can I say it, entertainment. But you've got to watch how one manager is trying to pit against the other manager, meaning that he's trying to stop one, stop their team, but also trying to make sure their team wins the game. And Arteta does that very well. He knows how to stop what teams are going to do to, to his team and he he sort of makes certain changes where he gets his team he gets his team knowing what they got to do. Very good manager Arteta. Very good. Very underrated. And the way he sets up and knows what he's doing. It can't work every time because you know you know that's how it is. One manager might outfox the other, but usually he outfoxes the managers Arteta. And what he done here with Martinelli, it was all about Martinelli and basically Havertz and Odegaard sort of it was like a box midfield, wasn't it? That Arsenal went with. So basically they went. Liverpool usually play with a three. But Arsenal usually play with a three. But they didn't have. They had Jorginho and Rice sitting. But they also had Odegaard and Havertz playing in that. In like a squared. So basically it was like four against three. And they had Martinelli kind of cheating on the inside left. Where they know if they got the ball. He was going to make that direct run. And they also know with Trent playing at right back. No disrespect to Trent. Top, top player. He wants to go forward. He doesn't like to chase back. So, very good tactic. Obviously, the goals were schoolboy errors, most two of them goals for Liverpool. But I think Arsenal deserve to win. Liverpool, just got to go take your medicine. It's a loss. You've only lost twice this season. Still in the league. Can't afford much more slip-ups. But be where you are now. You, you, can, you can take that loss, really. And good for you, I don't think, except for... If I'm right, I don't think you've got to play another top team away from home. I might be quoted up right. Let me have a listen. Think. No, you've got to play Man United away. 
and the rest of the teams you played away from home. So you you fancy going to Old Trafford and winning the rest of your games at home. So keep it up. Last game was Monday night, Brentford versus Manchester City. Manchester City won 3 1. Full Foden hat trick. And the scariest thing I can say is last week I done a podcast and said City were going to come second. Yeah. Yeah. I still got to go with it because it was, I've still, I've just said it last week, but they're going to take some stopping. I mean, when you're watching them play, you. When you're a Man United fan, as I am, you, you probably don't appreciate, but it's just top player after top player, isn't it? <laughs> you know, Foden gets that trick. Haaland's playing. Bernardo Silva's playing. Rodri's playing. Carl Walker's playing. Ruben Diaz is playing. The goal is top level. Alvarez. Doku on the bench. Kovacic on the bench. It's, 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 it's going to take some beating to stop them because they're starting to purr now. And the problem is if you... Don't, when they get to this side of the year, they just put wins together, don't they? Win after win after win after win. And the only way they're not going to win the league this year is if the top 10 teams don't take any points off them. Because when it comes to the, the bottom 10 teams in the Premier League, they are the, the one team in the league where you can put your house, well, I don't want to say, you know, we're better than that, but you could put most of your things on it that they're going to beat them teams. So if they were not not going to win the league, it, it all depends on the top 10 teams. So yeah, I'm going to go into the league the league positions now. I'm going to start from the top and work my way to the bottom. So first are Liverpool with 51 points. Second, Manchester City on 49 points. Third, on 49 points, Arsenal. Fourth, Aston Villa, 46 points. Fifth, Tottenham, 44 points. Sixth, Man United, 38 points. Seventh, West Ham, 36 points. Eighth, Brighton, 35 points. Ninth, Newcastle, 33 points. Ten. Wolves, 32 points. 11th, Chelsea, 31 points. 12th, Bournemouth, 27 points. 13th, Fulham, 26 points. 14th, Crystal Palace, 24 points. 15th, Brentford, 22 points. 16th, Nottingham Forest, 21 points. 17th, Luton, 20 points, 18th, Everton, 19 points, 19th, Burnley, 13 points, and 20th, Sheffield United, 10 points. So as you see, at the top, it's quite tight. In the middle, European places, it's tight. Between 12th and 16th, it's tight. And between 18th, and 14th, it's tight. And the bottom two, if they don't start putting some victories together, they're, they're dead, basically. They're going to get relegated. So anyway, let's get into the topic of the day. Who is Harry Kane's 
backup striker at the Euros. The first thing I want to say is that all these strikers that we're going to be talking about could play for probably, every, I reckon they could play for every team, barring one or two, at the Euros. You know, you go through the favourites, France, they'll have Giroud or Marcus Taram up front, so maybe not them, potentially. Spain, other than Maratta, all these lads could potentially play for them. Holland, you know, they've, they look like, you know, they're playing Vegas up front at the minute. All these strikers could play for them. Portugal, obviously Ronaldo, Ramos, but all these boys could be in the squad that I'm going to be talking about. It's not a slight on them that they're not going to make it. It's just that the competition for places is so high. And all I wanted to do today was to talk about, highlight the fact that the competition is so high, but also give my opinion who I think will go and my opinion on who I think should go. So anyway, let's get into the list. So, Harry Kane's backup at the World Cup was Callum Wilson. Now, Callum Wilson is a top Premier League striker, no doubt. He's quick, he's agile, he knows where the back of the net is. He can hold his hold ups praise quite well. But a big but he's very injury prone. And while eighteen months ago some of the people on the list weren't doing so well, it's not a time really to be injury prone with so many number nines doing so well in the Premier League. So it's no slight on him. He's a top player. I ain't saying he's in or out, but I'm just giving a list of the names. Talon Wilson. Next on the list, Ollie Watkins. Quick, direct, very unselfish. One of the best teammates in the Premier League, no doubt about it, Ollie Watkins. Goals and assists, work rate, no ego. Give a defences, absolute nightmares. And he's an example of you work hard. You, you might not come off at a top club at the start. You work your way up. Same with Callum. They, them lads who come from the bottom and work their way up. They've got a hunger and appetite. And it's fantastic to see on a football field. Ollie Watkins. Next on the list, Dominic Solanke. Now, if you don't know about Dominic Solanke's career... Solanke was probably renowned as one of the best youth strikers in the world at, in his Chelsea day. He got a move to Liverpool because Chelsea didn't want to pay the money, his wages. He got he was on a big wage at Liverpool, but it never quite happened for him. But potentially, he's always been, been potentially one of the best strikers in the world with his technique, his strength, his pace. You know, if you're building a number nine, he's got all the attributes. But it's also an example of when you're not confident, when you don't feel good, you need to find a home. Everybody needs to find a home where they can basically get work towards their best abilities. And obviously, Bournemouth is a place where he's learnt, they've looked after him, and now he's the, the new manager's getting what Dominic is capable of doing. So um, he's very much a player that the England the England staff will very much know about. Even though he might not have made any caps for England, they know his quality. 
Next on the list, Ivan Tony. Another example of, of you work your way up, hard work pays off. And Tony's a player that you have to watch him closely to appreciate him. When the ball's getting played up to Tony, he's battling with strong defenders. And he colds them off. He touches the ball beautifully. lays off. He, you know, he's very, very good at looking after the ball for a centre-forward, Ivan Tony. He's, he's, and he's quite intelligent as well. And also with him, you've got the penalties. And he scores more goals than penalties. So he's another example of, you know, it's a tough choice, isn't it? And like I said, he's a top player, Ivan Tony. So, like I said, and next on the list, Jared Bowen had a fantastic season for West Ham. Another example, all these players, they were, you know, they worked their way up into the Premier League. They've come from different clubs and worked their way up, some from non-league all the way up. So they've got the appetite to work hard. And Jared Bowen, again, is another example. They're not what you say, the fancy players, but obviously they, they don't give defendants a moment's Moments peace, these players don't. So, Jared Bowen is another one. Been in England squad a few times. Not the fancy player that everybody wants, but he, 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 he delivers. So, you know, this is a tough choice. If I'm Southgate, I'm sitting there going, wow, this is a, this is a tough choice, this is. You know, that is such a tough choice. If you've got one of them strikers to make it, that is a tough choice. The striker I think Southgate's going to go for is Ollie Watkins. And the striker I think I would put in would be Watkins. But it would be a toss-up out of him and Ivan Tony. But Solanke can come through. But it's just a little too late for him. But if you're asking me who's going to make the squad for England this year as Harry Kane's back up, Ollie Watkins. Thank you very much for listening. Really appreciated all the love I've been getting. Thank you very much and goodbye.